Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 2. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the Private Security Professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective Executive Protection Agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here. Today, I am hanging with Ryan Atkinson, and we're going to talk a little bit of EP. It's an honor and a privilege to uh, finally catch up with you, man. We've been running around, doing all kinds of things, and uh, kind of missing each other. How you doing, man? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Uh, glad to finally connect with you, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll get into it, but... For those of you just tuning in, Ryan's um, his background is all over, really A-list, uh, some pop and A-list actors and stuff like that, but rock, right? All up in the music and the rock space and all that stuff, right? Rock and roll, yeah, right, so, brother? Yeah, the last uh, 18 years I've been looking after uh, celebrity types, so mainly rock and roll stars, rock and roll bands on tour, but... I worked uh, about 10 years for pop stars as well and, and around the world and in Beverly Hills and whatnot. So um, been looking after giant egos and big names, uh, highly visible people around the world doing overt stuff. So uh, yeah, it's been a long journey. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're connected here. Uh, just off the top of your head, what would you say is the difference between, like what are the stark differences between these two client demographics? Rock and pop? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, it really depends on the client, but in general right. terms, uh, rock bands are, well, typically guys. That uh, when, you're, when you're a male uh, security person, you have a, you have a few um, things going in your favor when you work for a male client. It's, there's other hurdles to go through when you're with a female client. Um, that, that'd be the first, the first giant difference with the female pop stars and male rock bands. Uh, secondly, mm -hmm. uh, the people that they attract. Um, rock oh. bands, they have their fair share of uh, fanatics, a.k.a. fans, right? Uh, right, right. Pop stars attract uh, a different element. So uh, once you get into the pop world, you start dealing with uh, stalkers and, and people that are undesirable. Um, it's a fine line between uh, just a crazy fan and a, just a crazy person. So uh, finding out what that, that difference is, is one of the biggest curveballs you get when you work with pop stars. Um, along with pop stars, you get uh, a lot of management folks, uh, a lot of uh, stylists, hair, makeup, glam squad, people that do all their, what they wear, publicists, um, assistants, uh, extra security guys, there's just people around. So uh, pop stars typically have lots of people hanging around. And yeah. besides managing security, you have to manage those people as well, which is uh, sometimes a bigger challenge than the security aspect of things. Definitely true, man. Definitely true. That's the royal court, man. We talk about those people in the uh, 
in my 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 executive protection training, man, like the royal court will make or break you in multiple different ways. You know what I'm saying? You try to get in good with them, you know, they'll eat your face. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, the for those of you who haven't heard me use this term, it's the term for the sphere of people around your client that some of them have known your client for decades and they've been seeing people come in and out of their life forever. And uh, they're like gatekeepers, you know what I mean? Others of them, well, they're all vying for attention. They're all vying to be like, they're, they're all a little destabilized in your presence, especially if you're new. So it's a, it's a political game, man, of making like good relationships, not getting too close, managing the ones that think they're clients. It's this whole thing. Like, what would you say about that, man? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big thing. And, and learning to navigate that is one of the big skills that you have to have to be successful in what we do, right? So uh, when, when uh, these gatekeepers are, uh, act as gatekeepers to you, who's the gatekeeper? It's weird, man. You got gatekeepers on top of gatekeepers. So a lot of it is yeah. secrets, information, um, stuff that people don't think that you're uh, privy to know or you don't need to know. You're on a need-to-know basis type thing and, and you don't need to yeah. know. Stuff. But at some point when you're around long enough, you need to know pretty much everything. I mean, you become that person that I need to know this info so I can help you in the appropriate way and react a certain way. So, um, but that comes with time. It comes with uh, the discipline of, of doing what you do really well and communicating and just being trustworthy and a confidant, et cetera. So uh, I think that that's a skill that you have to learn over time. And some guys pick it up faster than others, but I guess I've been lucky. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. And as you prove yourself, man, you know, as you prove yourself and I was talking to a dude today, he was bringing a new guy on and um, he was just asking me about things to watch out for. And the, the client package is one where like you could just get sucked into thinking that you're special as an agent because you might have some intimacy with the client. And it's yeah. probably one of the slipperiest slopes I see new dudes, you know, uh, uh, end up falling in is like, I was like, you got a new agent, like someone new to the game, they're gonna be close to the client, client's nice, client's friendly, here we go, you know what I mean? Like this is a relationship you gotta psychologically prep yeah. that agent for before he goes in and, and tries to do, you know? Yeah. That comes with being a professional. You have, to, you have to know your role, know what you're being paid to do. You're doing a job, you're at work. Things can get yeah. really relaxed at times. You can be in a very casual setting. And uh, once you let those kick the loafers off and you become part of the crowd, you're not a passenger on that car, right? So uh, <laughs> you're helping steer the ship there. And, and no matter how, how much your client wants you to become part of their scene, you have to have that discipline and, and, and not be disrespectful with your, uh, with your stance. But, hey, look, I'm here to do a job and I respect everything you're doing and I appreciate the opportunity and everything else. But... You're not part of the crowd. You have to constantly be eyes on. So you're active eyes, right? Yeah, man. No, that's 100%. That's, that's, that's like the first pitfall, you know, that guys run into. Who are you at your core? Uh, I'm just some guy. Some guy. <laughs> I'm, I am just a man. Um, yeah. It's funny. Uh, I think that guys that, uh, that get into protection work and start working for you know, visible people or, or big names, they start getting this, uh, the wrong idea of who they are. You know, you, you can get really clouded, your head can get big. Um, I've seen guys with their head explode bigger than their client. And uh, that could be a problem down the road. It's one of those ticking time bombs when you, you let your brain get away from you and you realize uh, that you're, you're in a in position of importance and, and high visibility that 
you get a little carried away. So I always tell yeah. people, I'm just a guy, you know, I'm just a guy that does a job and, um, you know, father, husband, brother, son, you know, but, um, uh, just a God fearing dude that, that does his gig, you know, and does it well. Mm-hmm. So I'm the guy that gets yeah. up work boots on every day and goes to work and, and, uh, works hard. And the people that have been around me for the last 20 years can tell you uh, that I worked hard, you know, so you don't get to the level that I'm at now without, uh, without work, putting the work in. How would you say you landed in a place where you've had the type of experience that you've had in this game and you come out of the other side being like, I'm just a guy. I think, uh, I think it's the highs and the lows, the, uh, the peaks and the valleys, you know, that's what makes you understand what it is, where do you have to operate, what level you have to operate in. <clears throat> you can go through the, uh, the coolest things in the world, <clears throat> doing things uh, that you've never thought you could do, being in surreal situations, and then you come away from that with the, you know, the adrenaline running through your veins and whatnot, and just, it's just the whole thing is surreal. And then you can go through uh, parts of your life where your client's going through some sort of depression or some sort of low uh, valley. And, uh, or you can be going through a low valley of your own personal life. I mean, just because you work for somebody and you're a professional doesn't mean you don't have a life, you know? So you have your personal life to deal with as well. So <clears throat> it's like pulling on both ends, right? So right. like it can, it can mean you don't have a life. <laughs> like it can really click, <laughs> but you better make sure. And if you fall into that, you're going to, you're going to learn eventually that you need to have a life. But anyways, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, that's really important. And I have known guys that have uh, resisted having their own personal life and, uh, said, you know, I just do this and this is what I am. And, you know, you get to a certain age, I'm 41 now. Uh, I've been in a row for two decades. And uh, I see guys that are the same age as me that haven't built a life for themselves. And I think they're starting to regret it at this point because uh, there's nothing to really fall back at when you're an old man, right? I mean, you need your, your family. That's what keeps you based, right? So um, I think having your family and your own life is important as far as keeping your feet grounded. People around you that, uh, that could tell you when you're out of hand or when you've lost touch of reality or, or uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, everyone's got their own journey. And I think that uh, we have to, we have to manage ourselves before we can manage our client. Yeah, dude, uh, that's good, man. I posted something like that today. What was that? Just, I was talking about that whole, uh, let him who wishes to change the world first change himself. And it's kind of the same thing in executive protection. If you're not based and your clients doing the whole, like, you know, why did we miss a turn? Why is there turbulence going on right now? You know, all these things that are going on, you know, whether you messed up or something you can't control. Like, if you're not grounded in those moments, you're just going to get sucked into the chaos. And yeah. then they're never going to look at you the same again. <laughs> I always tell guys that are new, I say, hey, look, your, your client's going to remember you in the moments that pressed you, right? So uh, yeah. in the situations where the stress got high, how you react is going to really carry in their mind longer than anything else you've ever done. Uh, ever. Yeah. So you just, how you deal with stress in an intense, uh, you know, intense type of stress is going to say a lot about you. It says a lot about humans, really. I mean, yeah. some, people can't, some people can't deal with it and they revert back to their lowest level of training or whatever it is. And some guys are just smooth, you know, they're just like, uh, no matter Ice. what's happening. Ice, yeah. So it, it's a, there's a, there's a balance for sure. I think that, you know, if you go through a stressful situation, there's a there's a, a certain amount of um, empathy and everything else. You have to you have to kind of shell out, even if you're not really feeling that. To let people yeah. know you're human, you know, you can't be stone cold, but you're still a human being. But you have to manage it well. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I have also had 
on the other side of the spectrum had a number of situations where I'm sitting there like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to sell it. Like, you got to get out the boo-boo kit, yeah. get out the nails one and the napkins, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, really? Yeah, make make fun of your client for being soft and see what happens. You won't be around. Yeah, man. <laughs> you're right. See how long you get paid. Why do you train the way you're training? Like, I see sometimes you're doing a lot of knife work and stuff like that. I don't know if you were making knives or whatever at a certain point in time. It looked like you had some cool stuff you were posting on your IG. Um, what would you say about that? Yeah, so uh, I've always felt like uh, training in a lot of different aspects has been beneficial uh, just around the curves and, and make yourself a more well, uh, well-rounded person. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of time in Europe and other countries where you can't carry a firearm, you know. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of guys get real spoiled with their firearm. Uh, you're, you're, we're warm and fuzzy blanket on your side, right? Because as long as I have my firearm, I'm a fool. Boy, I can take anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone feels real comfortable once you take that off and you're, real, you, and you're using your local assets and your local teams everywhere you go. Uh, your mind starts to shift. You start to think as the alpha male or the alpha person in the group, like I, if I have to handle any situation. And once you take those tools off you, you start to realize what it really is. Who are you? What can you deal with physically? What, what, what tools do you have on you? What's legal in the, in the local jurisdiction? And right. I'm, I'm constantly dealing with uh, local governments, local laws, everywhere I go. I've been in 53 countries, right? So yeah. um, it's always changing. You have to pay attention. Otherwise, you're going to get hemmed up. And, you know, I never have. Yeah. So, um, But the knife thing came from uh, just necessity, you know, just trying to find the, the best tool available uh, to me in every environment I was going to be in. And, I mean, when I first started carrying knives around, it was, uh, you know, there's separate rules in different countries and states as far as knives. So I had to pay attention to that too. And, and Europe has gotten a lot worse. South America, Southeast Asia, it's gotten a lot different. Yeah. Things have changed. You have to really pay attention. You know, for instance, I was in Japan recently and they just changed their knife laws in the last two years. So if you're not paying attention, you're going to get caught up and it's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, wow. So it was out of necessity. It was about having the right tools on me when I was allowed to, uh, uh-huh. you know, if people say they're carrying firearms around the world on a private That's detail, lying. yeah, they're full of, <laughs> so they're, they're not, they're lying to you. Um, it's just, you know, I've done official state visits and whatnot, and you just, you cannot carry your firearm with you. And right. these, these ideas of normal don't travel with you. So, um, th- that was, a, that was a, the best per, uh, tool I could keep on me at the time, you know? What would you say about, uh, so what is, maybe some parameters of a blade that you can move around the world with without running into much trouble? You know, is there a size that you pretty much are under the radar with or some countries just like, yo, no knives, you know, because I'm trying to think about it off the top of my head and I'm thinking like, well, if you stay under like four, maybe two inch, you know, little blades, you kind of, you know, I don't know. You're more of a knife guy than I am. So, I throw mine in my carry in my in my uh, luggage sometimes, and that's really about it. You know, it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird dynamic because in the last four years, um, I've come across overzealous uh, border protection agents in Canada, Germany, France. It's really a calculation. Where's the taking? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing? Who are you with? What yeah. do you look like? And what does your gear look like? It's gonna it's gonna give them a narrative, right? So um, I look, 100%. Well, well, sometimes I look crazy. I got tattoos everywhere. I'm traveling with some crazy rockers. You know, I'm going on a private right, jet right. 
And they're like, well, open the trunk, open your bag. Let's scan your bag before you get on that plane. You know, you're going international. So I've, you know, I've been questioned pretty heavily in the last four years about why I have what I have, including medical gear. So there's really no refined answer for that across the board. Every country is different is learning the little things about these countries and what you can get away with, what you can't. But I would say that uh, a weapon that looks like something else. So that tells a different story. Uh, usually, you know, pocket knives and stuff. Hey, it's an American with a pocket knife, right? Yeah. They carry those around. But fixed blades, they seem a little weird. You know, I, I'm a big fixed blade guy, and a lot of that stuff, it, just, it looks crazy. It looks crazy yeah. to people that aren't used to seeing knives. It looks like um, they start making up names and making up rules. And once you're in the jurisdiction of someone else's border patrol, whatever fairy tales you want to tell them, they don't really care most of the time. You know, you're at their mercy. So, Make sure that your your gear tells a story and that it matches the narrative that you're trying to portray. Sorry, man, no, that's good. I um, it's definitely a consideration when traveling with a weapon. You will definitely find yourself having to answer questions from people who have completely different culture ideas than you. Things that, as an American, you'll think are like totally reason. Like, yeah, it's my pocket knife. Like, what's your problem? They'll look at you like it's a murder weapon. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Like, what is this? Or like have radios in the wrong country. Try to have radios in the wrong country, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. I, you know? I was in the Emirates. I was in the UAE. I was in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they, they, uh, we traveled with 120 radios, Motorola 16 channel, uh, uh-huh. 8,000, whatever they are. And they took, like, they, they took everything. I mean. Yep. Well, like, we could get the whole department set up with this bus right here. <laughs> They took it all, man. They didn't like the batteries. They didn't like any of that lithium ions. They didn't, they're like, nope, they took it. So uh, just know what you're dealing with. We had talked about it previous to traveling, and it still got confiscated. Yeah, so <laughs> just, yeah, you got to be careful with where you're traveling with what. You know, in England, if you go to the U.K., just don't take knives. I mean, you're you're asking for trouble because they've got so many knife laws on the book and so many, so many knife uh, problems in, in that area that it's just not worth it, you know. Yeah, no, that's, this is where like Ed, Ed's uh, weaponology uh, course starts coming in handy. Yeah. You know, I'll, let y'all, I'll let y'all research that, you know what I'm saying? Never be without a weapon again. I love it, man. What would you say top three uh, keys for someone who's trying to build a career in and around the entertainment industry and executive protection? Uh, I think that First and foremost, you have to take a good look at yourself and decide whether or not it's, it's for you. Um, when I first got put on and, and, and uh, started traveling with rock stars, uh, the guy that hired me was like, look, when the phone rings, you answer it. And that's just the way it's going to go the rest of your adult life. <laughs> and if you don't answer yeah. the phone, and by answer the phone, I mean pick it up and say, yes, I'll do that. Um, if you start saying no, the phone will stop ringing. Um, so when I call you to do something, you say yes, or I'll never call you again, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's being that, being that person that you can lean on in any situation, any speed, right? So, uh, tomorrow, boom, you're going to be gone for five months. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> like, Whether or not you're ready or not. Like, let me hear yeah. you don't got a passport or, oh, I got my, did, it, did I got to go do it? Like, even for me, I'm the same way. I'm like, Cool never gonna call you <laughs> like i mean i might you're going to the back of the pile that's what's really happening you know what i mean it's like because this is the nature of the game man yeah. i think christian west said he's like i wish everybody in the industry had to go on tour at least once 
So then like when they get into the actual EP industry, they don't, they have a perspective on how crazy the game really can get and they, and they can appreciate what they have. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, you have to, you have to come in terms with yourself, whether you're really about it or not. And uh, that's, yeah. that's not a question most dudes can answer uh, ahead of time. I see yeah. a lot of guys get out there and they get, you know, that rope gets really, really long away from their home base and it's like they lose mm -hmm. their way. And, uh, you have to have a different kind of mentality to be out there on someone else's watch 24 7 365 with no idea mm -hmm. when you're getting back maybe kind of an idea when you're getting back but you can just be maybe. all over the place yeah and, and <laughs> different situations and stressors uh will break people you know so mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not always the difficulty of the job it could be other peripheral stuff that mm -hmm. sends you off with some kind of a uh, thing in your brain where you've got a block on something um People are complex, you know, and all the situations are different. So it's finding the right yeah. guy, the right job. But yeah, figuring it out with yourself first and foremost. Um, is it something that you're dedicated to? You know, is it something that are you the kind of person that could dedicate yourself physically and mentally to this thing spiritually too? You know, um, uh, different clients had different expectations, you know, so you have to be like a chameleon, right? You have to shape your views or you can't be real strong worded right. everything really until you figure out what the vibe is. That'll be your biggest ticket out. It's like this guy doesn't match us. He's got to go. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Being able to match these giant egos that have preconceived notions about everything in the world. Uh, that's a real skill that only a few guys kind of understand. And uh, outside mm -hmm. of that, um, just being dedicated to uh, doing the right thing, really, you can get wrapped up in all kinds of nonsense when you get around lots of money and lots of fame and fortune and everything else. Uh, things move fast, people move fast, people come and go, and uh, you can get a sense of importance and a sense of uh, untouchability or whatever you want to say. Uh, that you're, yeah. you're needed there. You're needed in that environment, and, and if, you're, if you're not there, it'll fall apart, but it's just simply not true. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you know what they would do without me? Yeah. You thought you think you could do this to me, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, bro. Yeah. This world will keep spinning, homie. Yep. Nobody needs you, man. Oh, so good. We call, nah, that, we call was, that, that getting oil spotted. If you get oil spotted, you come out to see where the bus used to be, and there's just an oil spot there. You know, like you just got. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh, yeah, and that means hey, this world kept turning, man. It kept on spinning, and it's so true, man. Everything you're saying is so so on point. It's like humility, flexibility, because you do like clients have preconceived notions about everything. They know everything about everything. Like they know how you're supposed to do your job. You know what I mean? And so they're in their minds, and you, so like in like a government, state department scenario, you're a professional who like I'm here to do security. I don't have to carry bags. I have a mission set. I uh, we'll just get moved to another detail if we don't get along. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different world. But in private, homie, you somehow have to satiate their ideas of what you're supposed to be. <laughs> hey, I come across a lot of dudes that uh, they ask me how they how they can get a job doing uh, what I do. And yeah. I kind of go on and say, well, I did security work overseas for, you know, uh, dignitary protection for this person or that person. I'm like, uh-huh. This really is unrelatable, you know. You're talking about yeah. oranges here because uh, you never really had to deal with that person's inner circle and their personality. You're providing a a, a safe environment yeah. with a, a perimeter, right? And you're yeah. you know, you're not really involved in the day to day stuff. And once you get involved in all that stuff, it changes everything. I mean, the way you think changes. You can't 
you can't go in with yeah. your machine gun and, and, and tell people what they have to do. You're not, you're not there to tell people what to do. You're there to make it happen, whatever needs to happen, right? So Yeah, and if it doesn't happen, it's your fault. There's no one else's fault it'll ever be. It's your fault. <laughs> it's a catch-all for everything, yeah. Yeah, man, and so you just kind of get inoculated to it. You learn how to flow with it, and you either take it personal and freaking kill yourself, or you, like, learn how to be like, this is the way the system works. Yeah. It's not personal. It's just the way the system works. And I better figure out how to not be getting blamed for all these random things or else I'm going to die. Like, or else I'm going to get killed in this game and I'm going to have to, like, go to the next, you know, go back a stage yeah. or, you know, wait till another, you know, till like, another opportunity starts, man. Yeah. And that's a skill in itself, too, is uh, taking, criti yeah. taking criticism, uh, learning your role, and not resenting the people for putting you in your place, so to speak, right? So... That's a whole other skill is getting some shit talk to you and recovering and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, just doing your job professionally. Scratch that. Okay, that didn't work. Check. Okay, we're going to move on to the next thing. Great. And uh, just don't carry that chip on your shoulder and show that you've got your feelings hurt at some point because it's not really about yeah. your feelings. <laughs> so disregard. No, no move on. Yeah, it's all good. And I actually find, I find with clients, man, like when I have, when they have torn me a new one or I messed up and they're like, you know, telling me about myself or like locking me on, you know, the way you deal with that, it can make or break you. Like, like if like, like I've been cussed out and then literally on the jet, you know, like 15 minutes later, the client's like, Hey man, you know, like we're totally cool now. Like he's like, sorry about that, man. You know, it just was this and that. And then, and then we're like closer because he did vent and I was, Fine. I was like, yes, sir. You know, all right. Roger that, sir. Won't happen again. <laughs> Don't give me any more. That. Yes, sir. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and he's just like, he feels more safe, you know, to be himself. Yeah. I see dudes shut down. I mean, guys shut down. You know, it's like uh, you get a talking to, and all of a sudden you're like, he doesn't know who I am. You know what I could do? Well, you, you know, you need me. And yeah. then you're like, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. And you get this pride <laughs> ego thing where your brain just can't uh, comprehend what the hell's going on. And, and you just shut down. And your client can see that. They can see that shut down. And they, they start to go, hmm, can I really trust this dude? You know, like he's going to shut down every time he gets in a weird situation. I, I need a guy that can move forward and press through, you know, and deal with complex things. So that's a skill. Yeah. It's for sure a maturity thing, man. It's for sure a maturity thing. Yeah. An ego health thing. Like, get out of a healthy ego to deal with that trash and come back stronger and smarter, you know? What would you say about client acquisition when it comes to A-listers and rock stars and stuff? How does that work? One leads to another. So um, everything that I've done uh, either is through the artists themselves, uh, the musician themselves that has other musician friends or their management group, publicists, whatever it is, your track record is being viewed by everyone that's in a position to recommend or hire. So just dealing with the artists, I mean, I've worked for artists that don't even know my last name over two years, you know, which I don't care. <laughs> they know what to call me, yeah. they got my number and I'm with them and, and everything's sorted out. So how much they and care. They yeah, they, <laughs> the, the deposits hit my bank account every couple of weeks, every week. And I'm not really yeah. worried about it. I'm there to do it. I'm a functioning, I'm a functioning piece of the puzzle. So, um, Every your your uh, your re reputation is bigger than you think. Everyone focuses on the client directly, but the people around the client, all the peripheral people, all the management people, the people that make the machine go, the thing that's making money, the reason you're there, 
is, uh, is also being criticized. So disregarding people around your client, management folks that don't know the deal, that aren't there day to day, hey, it matters because those people will put you forward in the long run. So uh, other security guys, when you work with a team or other security guys, that's a big one. I mean, once that, you, um, you know, when you work <laughs> the guys that you vibe with, the guys that you move with and you move well with, and you can kind of uh, know what they're thinking without saying a whole lot of words or uh, guys that, that support you and compliment you in the right ways. Those are the guys you're going to put forward. And it's a weird, uh, it's a weird, uh, I don't know if it's an ego thing, but if you're good at what you do and other guys work well with you, it kind of translates into them doing well on their own, right? Um, yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't be the authority on, on who's good at what on every situation, but I have a pretty good barometer on who's going to do well and in, in under stress based on my interactions with these, right? And working with them. Yeah, man. Well, that's good. That's that. It's just solid gold, man. It's because I'm always getting hit. People are always like, well, how do I acquire clients and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, there's ways you can try to get out there and blah, 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 blah. But the main thing is, I teach this in, in training days, like you need to widen your sphere of relationships of people in and around your industry. And you need to do it effective so that they know who to call when an opportunity comes up. You need to like essentially give the highest volume of people in your space positive contacts with you. So that when someone says, hey, hey, you know a guy that can handle this? You're the name, you're the face, you know? And that's, you know, more importantly than any, like all the, anything people do, I think to branding for branding in this industry is the way they treat people when they're working. Because that work product is what people remember and call you back for, you know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of it, you know, uh, I've worked for, uh, every job I get, I end up doing more than yeah. security. So uh, whether it's media relations or, uh, or um, you know, public, publicity type stuff or personal assistant yeah. work or whatever, like I've, I've been thrown in the mix on a lot of different angles. And, uh, and uh, it's always, the line's always been blurred with security uh, with me, with celebrities, because celebrities, the, uh, I have a, a buddy who's in a really high level of a three letter agency. And he's like, well, you're a twofer. You do the two for one thing. Like you'll be the assistant and the security guy. Like, I don't do that. I'm not going to go pick up the dry cleaning, but you'll do that. Whatever I have to do. Like it's just, my job is to do anything. And uh, within reason, yeah. with, you know, legality and everything else. But um, I don't have any limits to what I'll do. And that's going to put you forward even more than your uh, security prowess or, or your knowledge of security is being, you know, it's not always security issues to deal with. You don't have security 24 seven issues pressing inside your mind, right? Um, there's downtime for sure. There's time when people uh, throttle down for the day or, or nothing's happening and you're kind of like in a space that's secure and you're, you're kind of just like settling down. So making yourself useful and being willing to make yourself useful is a big thing too. And people will recognize that for sure. No, it, it greases the engines a hundred percent and you fit into their life more easily and better, yeah. which ends up being what gives you staying power, you know, like, and I won't do anything that'll degrade my overall ability to, uh, um, to render a high quality security product, you know, in order to say it eloquently, I, but I will do everything I can uh, that makes that client's life easier so they know if I'm with them, I'm here to make their life easier. You know, and like that knowing, miles. You get miles out of that trash, man. Yeah. You know, there's like, a, there's I'm a, your guy. 
it's a weird uh, par uh, paradigm too because um, yeah. you you could be that person that's willing to do anything and make your client comfortable, but then also you can get to a level of comfort comfortability where your client will ask you to do something that's not secure, not safe, and then you're right. like, "Well, look, my primary function here is to keep you safe," and like you know, I understand right. what you're saying, but we we shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't do that, or yeah. I can't let you do that, or you know, I, I would be, a, I would, you would look back at me and say, Hey, you should have, you should have corrected me. You know, I don't want you to get in that position where you have to look back and say, you put me in a weird spot or whatever it was. And, right. and just kind of have that heart to heart. You should build that rapport with your client first before you have that talk, because uh, that could be a career ender for you right there. So it's a thing, you know, you have to, there's fuzzy lines everywhere. You live in the gray, right? I always tell people you, I live in the gray areas. I, um, so, uh, you have to you have to have that line there's things you will do and things that you will not do and uh it's right. a little bit more lax than most people certainly more lax than most law enforcement guys you know i'll be put in weird positions but um you have to know what you're at your core willing to do 100 percent, man then what's professional and what's not no matter how much you want to be cool uh what would you say if you're going to paint a picture of what it's like to work in the rock industry of executive protection like what would, what would this picture look like if you're gonna be like so what types of things are specific to that part of the industry that people should be aware of be able to do anything that makes that in that come that, that demographic different uh the rock industry as a whole i would say yeah. chaos. it's chaos right so yeah you're the you're the ringmaster like you're the uh, you're part of that team that makes the circus go around right so it, it is a circus that's what it is uh you're just a bunch of carnies traveling around this circus right and you could do five shows a week i've done sh i've done seven shows a week with certain bands that just hustle that want that money every single day and yeah. uh traveling at that speed <laughs> speed of light and communicating like constantly and not sleeping at all and just drinking coffee all day that is something that people can't train people to do there's really no training course for that as far as like being on your feet all day run, walking 20 miles and just communicating with government agencies around the world and like just law enforcement and protective details that you picked up um it's it's a big undertaking and it takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of you have to say a lot of words right so uh, I'm known for talking a lot. I talk, I say a lot of words, right? Oh, yeah. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave anything unsaid. You know, uh, okay. you didn't tell me that type thing, you know, so um, rock and roll uh, world is chaos. There's a lot to cover. I do a lot for the bands I work for uh, legally and personally. Um, so covering all the bases is a big deal. And, and when you do rock and roll security and you're in charge of these giant tours that carry 15 buses full of people and 15 trucks, 20 trucks. Um, they take 12 hours to build a stage and the show is two hours long, bands in and out. And it's like, it's this huge thing, right? You've got terrorism issues, you've got all kinds of search issues and um, you're considered a non-permissive environment everywhere you go. You can't let people in with guns and, and weapons and stuff. Um, it's a yeah. big thing when you're in a hundred thousand people into one space it's a big responsibility so and they're all staring uh, at you your client your doors anyways go you're, ahead. The, you're the leader you can't do it all on your own but you're the leader you're the one that sets the precedent you're the one that gives all the meetings to everybody and tells them what's expected uh through your advance and through your daily meetings day to day and uh but it's chaos it's total chaos and uh people that hang out with me at my workspace they they can't really wrap their head around 
how much I do in one day. There's no, uh, there's no downtime on a show day for me. Like I'm just running from 8 a.m. till 3 a.m. You know, yeah. so on those 20 hour days and then you're just, uh, you're expected to be sharp at the end and the beginning. You, you have to be up mm -hmm. and you know, get the coffee in you and you just start, you're up on your feet and you're on radio. And you're, I, I work in 16 department uh, crews, you know, so everyone rolls over to that channel one and it hits me up and says, hey, I need this, I need that. Like, this is what's happening. Um, yeah. So it's just managing, it's like uh, being a, a juggler, right? So you're juggling all these things all day long. It's hard to keep your head screwed on. Um, definitely what suffers is your, uh, your personal life, you know, because you start dealing with all these people in your face asking you stuff and all of a sudden your brain gets cut in half and, you, and the other half is just <laughs> surviving, like eating and drinking and everything else. And then your family, yeah. your family gets pushed back here and you're gone for weeks and months. And uh, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I haven't talked to my family in three or four days, you know, which is uh, one of those uh, unexpected realities of what I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's the truth. That's that's one hundred percent the truth, man. I, that's a great picture, man. I I because I've worked clients that were just traveling, venue centric clients, um, for years, and that that's the world, man. And it's just fast, it's furious, it's chaotic. You get inoculated to all the little like fires that break out, you know, and you're like, okay, you know, you start moving things around. You're always thinking of the the next move. Yeah, you did a good picture with that, man. I went on a journey when you were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about everything yeah. in my head like the guys i work mm -hmm. with i've worked with for the last seven eight years the big thing is do your job do your job we get uh we get we get all this shit put on our plates every single day and we lose sight of the fact yeah. that you're getting paid to do a function like you think you're something else than what you are you're here you're a piece of the puzzle yeah. you do your job, right so guys get uh their feelings hurt they get soft a little bit they get a little needy and stuff and that happens to most humans you know we all get a little bit needy from time to time and it's they start thinking they're special yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that goes for all the departments i work for i mean work for all kinds right. of different small walks of life and just do your job yeah <laughs> whatever is happening over here do your job please you know just do your job um mm -hmm. and then uh recommending somebody going forward uh you said uh i think the last time you said uh, who do you recommend to get interviewed uh i just uh yeah with a guy that i've been i've been training with for the last two three years uh, this guy named andrew cousins i think you've met him at some point uh okay little agency dude that was overseas um he was uh, yeah he was doing a uh, contract work overseas uh with a with an agency group and uh, he's in town here in, in boise idaho with me and uh, I just did a course from last week and I did an urban movement class for his company, Forward Movement Training. But uh, Andrew Cousins, he's an interesting dude for sure. He's, he's uh, seen a lot of things that um, are outside the military and outside of uh, close protection work here in the US, but it was, it was really? uh, protection work outside of the country. So um, in official yeah. government capacities. So interesting uh, dude to, to hear uh, stories from for sure. A lot different than what I've dealt with for sure. Interesting. Yo, you got it. Is he on IG or what? You got to send me a link. Can you connect yeah. me with him? Yeah. Failed state. He wrote a book called a failed state. Uh, and, uh, relapse was his other book. He has two books out, uh, Andrew cousins, but yeah, he's a failed state uh, okay. on, uh, on IG, but I'll send you the link for sure. Okay. Awesome, man. I look forward to that. That's what's up. Yeah. Cool. That man, that, uh, that mantra, just do your job is almost so good. I can make it the cover the title for this episode. 
Because it's it's just so on point, bro. It's, <laughs> everyone starts feeling like they're Superman. They start thinking they're the flavor of the month. You know, they start when the, the client bought me this thing. You know, and then when the clients like 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 I know I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. These people get tired of Lamborghinis. Yeah. You know I mean, like like, like homie. You know, like just just get in the chase with us and just be <laughs> all right with it and be glad you're here. <laughs> you know, just get in the chase, dude. You know, oh man, good times, man. So, um, hardest lesson you've learned in the field, man, what would you say it would be? Well, you know, if you've been around long enough and you've done enough work, I think there'll be some that get away from you. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're, if it's an ego thing, right? So no one wants to fail their job. Right. I want to say that I'm 99% good at what, everything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I, want, I would say that there's been at least one, maybe two that I've gotten away from me didn't last long, right? Which, you know, uh, an older guy explained to me, you know, when I was young, it's like, hey, it's going to happen. You know, you're not going to be a perfect fit for everybody. It's just, yeah. I think you are. You could be a perfect fit for 80, 80% of people, and that's fantastic. Yeah. You're, you're a pro. But 100%, probably not going to happen. That one got mm-hmm. away from you. What, what ha- just diagnose what happened. And then never do that again. Yep. No. And uh, I, I had done 10 years with uh, pop stars and I'd become a day-to-day manager. I'd become an assistant. Um, I was ruling the pool, so to speak. Right. So I was the guy in charge. Everyone was the catch all for everything. G-Wagon, everything else. Right. Like I was rolling hard, man. Like I had the Rolex and everything else. I just was yeah. like, and these weren't things I just kind of threw on myself. These were gifts and stuff. And like, yeah, you know, things I picked up along the way. But your ego can get out of check. Yeah. It, it can get out of check, man. And, and, and if it's no seductive, one, man. If you're making the money and you're doing a good job and your family's not going to tell you, they think you're <laughs> successful, right? right? Your friends will tell you. Your friends are like, man, congratulations, right? And all of a sudden, you could do no wrong, right? There's, yeah. And uh, someone else will check your ego, right? So I did 10 years of pop stars and then broke back into rock world. Yeah. Pop stars and rock stars are different. Really? When you're oh, doing yeah. all hair, makeup, stylist, uh, magazine, paparazzi thing, you're flowing with that world. It's a different level than rock stars that are greedy ex-drug addicts that don't want to hear no bullshit, right? And don't care. Yeah. And they're crusty and salty and everything else you want to say, right? And uh, especially roadies dealing with production managers and tour managers that just want you don't to do your job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I rolled in from major pop world right into the rock world with a major rock band that I really enjoyed as a kid. You know, I was like, I can't believe I work for these guys. So even after all these years working, I couldn't believe I was working for them. Sweet. And my attitude was wrong. Uh, so my attitude came from pop and I'm in rock now. And it's like, yeah. I had been at a certain level for so long that when I rolled in with my Louis Vuitton duffel, it was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Oh, man, you were, the, you were that I guy. Even, I didn't even say anything. Yeah, you, know? you didn't even have any idea. You're just like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. This is how we roll. Who's the new security guy with the Rolex and the Louis? You know, I couldn't even, I didn't have the ability to check myself at that point. Yeah. Which is it's one of those things, your ego has to be checked. And like, there's been different capacities and throughout my life, it's had to happen. And I yeah. think if you work at a certain rate and a certain speed, and you're moving around a lot, you get wrapped up, you get lost in the sauce. You have to constantly check yourself or keep people around you that will check yeah. you. Your best friend, whoever it is, your wife, your girlfriend, yeah. say, hey, you've, been, you've changed a little bit. You know, and you have to accept that. That's yeah. a hard thing to accept. No, I didn't change. You know, I'm just doing my thing. No. There has to be people around you that you keep around you that will say, hey, look, I mean, you're out of control. Or like, yeah. you, maybe you shouldn't do this or that, you know. And, yeah. Um, 
even though it's a couple of weeks or whatever that you want to quantify time that got away from me, that hits hard. I, I remember all that, you yeah. know, and you have a storied career and do all kinds of fantastic stuff. But the ones that got away from you are the ones that you're going to learn the most from. Yeah, no, that's true, man. That's really good advice because it's seductive, man. And we know why Marcus really has had that uh, servant follow him around and say, whisper in his ear, you're only a man. Yeah. You're only a man. Yeah. You know, uh, you're only a man. Yeah, man. Because it's just something that I'm afraid of. You know, it's something that I, I try to stay afraid of, you know, because I just, I don't know, because, you know, I'm rooted in Christianity and it just talks about like how you can be the most amazing thing in the world, but you're just a clanging symbol if you don't have love in what you're doing. Same yeah. when you become self-centered, dude. It just, there's no love in it. It's like a complete waste of time. Like I've seen some of the most beautiful people in the world turn instantly ugly the second you're like, you know how beautiful you are, <laughs> you know? Dude, and it's, 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 it's seductive in this game, especially moving as fast as we do it at the levels that we move in. Yeah. Once you really start to pick up steam, man, that's, yeah. that's great advice. Great consideration, man. Um... What would you say is your proudest moment in the field, brother? Proudest moment, man. Yeah. Oh, and on that last one, man, I got, I lost one, got away from me and I got fired so hardcore <laughs> one time, dude. It was like, like when she got done with me, it was like the only thing I could do was appreciate how, like she was such a boss about it. She was like, get your ish and get the f out yeah. of my off my i never yeah. wanted like i was like i never had anyone speak to me like i almost had to just be a connoisseur for a minute yeah. i was like well golly yeah i was like i had never been yeah like since the marine corps nobody's sure. really got in it like yeah. that i was kind of like well all right, man. And you get in your car and you're like, <laughs> and you can't make sense of it because you think you think so highly of yourself. You have to. You have well, to yeah. There. And it's usually over like the dogs. No. Like, the random thing, you know. It's like, but then again, that's what's important to them, right? So it's kind of like, you have got to navigate. But yeah, you Damn. learn from that, though. You learn from that. You do. That's good, um, man. But as far as being proud and proud moments, I would say uh, I was working for a client for an uh, eight-year stint. And um I was able to buy a house. It's when I started my family. It's when I bought my vehicle, you know, I was able to pay cash for a vehicle. I was able to provide at a higher level for my uh, wife and kids and stuff. And um, that felt good. That felt the best was, you know, I'm a professional. I do this for a living now. Right. So it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like paycheck to paycheck stuff. It wasn't gig to gig or flying around or I don't know what's going to happen next. I had a solid gig. And that, and that felt good. Uh, it's a double-edged sword, though. You get really comfortable in a lot of ways. And you have to stay uncomfortable to a certain degree. And, yeah. And if you, once you get comfortable, you, you have to check yourself constantly and say, hey, look, this is getting away from me. And uh, if you want this to continue, don't make a nest. You're not going to be here forever. So uh, get what you can out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just stay pro, right? So, yeah. But being able to provide, I think, was the big thing was uh, – I went from a kid to, you know, I was a man now, you know, type of thing in the, in the work field. Right. So, um, but yeah, providing, I think was in life changes when life happens to you, uh, along the journey with your client, your, your clients growing up and going through life changes like a marriage or a childbirth or, and in my case, it was always celebrity wedding, celebrity childbirth. And I went through all that. Right. So that's a different level because there's people trying to get photos of all these moments, you know, your wedding is worth a million dollars in photos tomorrow right so what is your plan 
uh, your uh, celebrity baby photo was a million dollars. This is back when kid uh, photos were still legal, right? Uh, the, the first picture of that baby gets a million and every paparazzo in, in LA was running for it, you know, or like if you get your client kissing another girl at a nightclub being dumb, that's a half a million dollars or whatever it is. You start hearing the figures fly around in communities, you know, and you're like, what? How much are these guys making? And then you realize why they act so savage, you know? <laughs> and you're like, well, geez. Yeah, yeah. And you meet these guys who are like, hey, man, I'm just trying to make a living. I got kids. And you're like, Shit, this guy's trying to get a million-dollar photo. He's trying to get the, the golden ticket, you know? And, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man. Like it, and, uh, yeah, so, but, um, yeah, always check yourself, check your surroundings, and just try to stay in your lane and, and, and be as helpful as possible for sure. Yeah, it's a big That's one. That's good stuff, man. That's great advice. What would you say? Um, do you have anyone you'd like to nominate for the podcast that you'd like to see on on here, or anyone you'd want to connect me with? Oh. One of my new question, new closing questions. Oh. I just thought of something today. Yeah, you can always hit me afterwards. Shoot it over, but yeah, man, this is this is hurting right now because <laughs> I just thought of somebody that would be interesting. Yeah, oh, I'll have to message you afterwards. It gotta be okay. A- cool. Yeah, no worries, man. It'll come to you. The second your mind. Once we go to the next question, we'll come back. Um, let's see. What's what do you what are you aiming in for next? What do you want next, man? Uh, it's funny because uh, there's a weird paradigm right now of uh, COVID hitting and destroying everything that I've ever done for two decades, and uh, and wanting to get back to the road and get back to the uh, the business and, and just make doing live events again, live shows, the concert business. You know, it's a lot of people affected it would feel good to get back out there and do the thing that I've done professionally and I'm really good at doing. Uh, yeah. But also it's like, what, what to expect and what's expected of me going forward because COVID, if you're on a, if you're on a tour and you're in charge of security and safety, this falls in your lane. So I've, I've been spread thin, thin my whole life and it with a, a huge mountain of work to bust through. And am I going to have to deal with, uh, you know, microbiology? Am I going to have to deal with, with health of everyone around me? I mean, there's 40,000 people around me every day. Am I going to yeah. be in charge of this now? Like, uh, and is that going to spread me thin in the security side of things? Is health? Yeah. You know, I like, guess actual health of everyone else or the, the common good? Or the, is that my responsibility? You know, who's that going to fall on? So uh, a there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, so. there's a, <laughs> a lot of boxes to check and there's going to be a lot of, you know, and, and these businesses that travel around and they pick you up for security, they're not in the business of spending money, right? So right. we're not here to see how much money they can spend. I mean, some people do, and hey, good for them. I've always wanted to be on one of those teams, but uh, I never have been. <laughs> and these yeah. people, are, they're cutting corners wherever they can. They're Everywhere. saving money. Yeah. You're and, checking the box half the time. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, we have securities over there. He's right there. <laughs> he does what he does, right? So um, are people going to expect me to do that? You know, I'm, I don't even have a team with me right at the moment. Am I going to split myself even more thin? And what's going to suffer? And how am I going to explain that to people without telling them they have to spend more money for more people or more ex- experts that, you know, that I don't want to do that. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the big no-nos is I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of, <laughs> I've seen a lot of guys, hey, pick up that dog shit. I don't do that. Well, now you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you go, or you, or you, or you continue <laughs> driving by. <laughs> or I'll just find someone that's, go, okay, here, boom. Okay, what yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done. He's on the team. Yeah. Maybe end up. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I don't, I'm not in the habit of saying I can't do things, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to get back on the road, but also exploring different things, but it's tough, you know, being, I'm 41 years old now. So 
that I've been doing what I do since, you know, uh, early 2000, you know, so it's uh, it's a tough one. We'll see what happens. I'm kind of, uh, kind of keeping the irons in the fi- different fires and kind of keep yeah. moving and doing whatever I can, but working on myself, working on my family, just try to be a good dude. And, um, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. what, what, what the time brings. You know, hopefully in the next couple of months we figure more out and in 2021 it'll be even prosperous, right? Yeah, man. No, that's what I'm for too. Um, dot, 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 dot. Favorite quote, mantra, saying? Oh, man. It's like, <laughs> bah, bah, bringing them questions, son. Bringing them <laughs> okay. Man, I've had so many throughout the years. I think it all <laughs> depends they on... They always me. leave when I ask the question. Yeah, I've got, I've got so many different Ed Calderon sayings in my head at the moment because I've been yeah. hanging out with that dude too much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they're all inappropriate and don't really make sense. The uh, one he says that I think is is really really struck me last time I heard it was like it was like no, you know, like it was something like no uh, restraints are eternal and like all bleeding stops eventually or something like this. Yeah, all restraints are temporary. Yeah, man. Or you get them off, someone else takes them off, or you die and they rot off your body. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, the hustle was it? Uh, the game is free. The hustle requires a payment or something like that. Hustle sold uh, separately. Hustle sold separately. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. uh, uh, I mean, shit. You know, uh, I've had so many throughout going to college, athlete, and everything else, and I just would get myself pumped up with. Now I'm just like. I just try to focus, man. You get to a certain age where you just, uh, you get up and do the thing. You take care of yourself, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I went through a number of years where I let my, myself get away, right? So- um, Yeah, I, you can lose yourself working oh, with man. these people, man. That's Stop a whole working. other- Yeah. Once I realized that a certain client didn't care if I worked out or not, <laughs> like, and they're right. like, you need to do this, 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 and this. And then I just got focused on that. And then, oh, I just gotta go to bed. I got kids at home. I got this. Yeah. Your brain gets spread so thin that you stop working on yourself. And you let yourself get out of shape and everything else. And, and then your mind starts to rot from a weird way, right? So From a weird way. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're, you're physically, you know, good to go. And it'll keep your mind sharp, you know, and, and uh, keep more mm-hmm. confident. And, you know, so that's been a big thing for me the last couple of years is just staying in shape. You know, I let myself get away uh, from the path, right? So just yeah. you gotta remember who you are. You know, it's like you're the warrior that they hire. Yeah, you can't be the guy that can't run. You can't be the guy that can't do stuff physical. You know, right. you don't want to do. You want to work verbal judo and everything else. And but you have to be able to have that tool in your belt, right? So yeah, um, I don't know. Ever changing, man. It's an ever changing world for me at the moment. Heck yeah, man. No, it is for all of us. It's just some yeah. people know it, some people don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what would you? And then I mean, I've noticed you've been getting more into the knife edge edge stuff, man, and that's awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, Scott Babb. I met Scott Babb uh, from Libre Fighting. Yeah, um, he's an interesting guy. Real nice guy, soft spoken. Uh, mm. uh, he won't ever claim to know everything. He won't ever claim that it is the way. It's just a way. It's a way that he learned from uh, studying video and, and footage and and stabbings around the world. Different different types of stabbings and different uh, ways people stab each other. What's yeah. effective? What's not effective? Why people live through fifteen stabbings and you know they just walk away. Why people yeah. dead once and they drop dead, understanding why. Um, it's a good system to get a part of. Uh, it goes with the, the natural way of the way people fight from the way time they're born. When you watch little kids fight each other to animals in the wild fighting with their hands over their head. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with your muscle and how your muscles work and how your anatomy works. And uh, we've, we've grown so uh, 
accustomed as humans to watch ninja movies and kung fu movies and in boxing matches where it's unnatural movements and stuff that, that are effective in those sports, but maybe not in Mortal Kombat type stuff. So uh, I, also, I won't say Libre is the way. It's a way that I'm familiar with because it's the natural way I fight and um, or I fought in the past. And, uh, but there's plenty of other uh, uh, knife world, uh, you know, uh, training methods out there like Sayak and Atienza Kali that I'm, I'm interested in learning uh, in the near mm -hmm. future. But uh, I like Scott, he's a good dude in Southern California. I think you were there, right? <laughs> Did yeah, you? man, uh, we <laughs> trained together with him, it was a good yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a good dude, you know, and he's always been nice, we always had good friendly communication. And uh, I like dudes that don't take themselves too seriously. Too seriously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are you walking around stabbing people? No. No one is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are things that are proven and things that are not proven. So try to stick to the proven, tested uh, stuff. So I do like Libre stuff. Yeah, and traveling around the world, you can't always carry your firearms and your gear around. So it's kind of like you got these, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. real. You're outnumbered or you're in a situation. It's just another tool to put on your belt, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. You can use a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys are interested, I did a review for Scott Babb with that training that me and uh that we went to together uh and uh yeah you'll see ryan in there but you guys can learn a little bit about that on the channel man um let's see here we got like one or two more deep questions how would you like to be remembered ryan oh man legacy legacy is a funny one uh in, yeah. in the world i'm in because um there are a lot of legendary roadies you know uh really? on, this on this last band i worked with before covid hit we had a guy that traveled with us that was uh, he was a, a legendary rigger. So he rigged motors from the ceiling to hang the stage staging from, and he had been doing it. That's mortifying. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a serious job. You collapse a roof, you know. Yeah, and uh, kill a lot of people, man. They have to know math. They have to know geometry. They have to know a lot of different things. The interdepartmental thing. It's a lot of uh. these guys going ahead. They don't sleep. They sleep in weird patterns and stuff. And uh, I mean, if it snows on your roof and then you're hanging 10,000 pounds or whatever it is, or 100,000 pounds, you're you, wrong. you can collect, <laughs> right? And kill everybody, which yeah. is a huge responsibility. And <laughs> so that's why I instantly yeah. was like, that is mortifying. Yeah. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. 20,000 people died. <laughs> yeah. But I work with this guy, uh, I won't say his name, but he was, he has been in the game so long that he worked for Elvis Presley. Ah. So back then, his Salty. rigging. It was just like, he was actually one of the nicest guys I've ever met, which blew wow. my mind because, uh, you know, I used to ask him for his autograph, just joking around and stuff. And he'd make me little trinkets out of staging parts and stuff. But yeah. uh, peculiar old guy with the white hair and the white mustache. And he was still at it. Oh, man. He was still at it. And, and that's the big thing is the contrast between a guy that did rigging for Elvis Presley and would do his job so well back then that he would go to the bar and hang out with Elvis after his job. And he's still with this major band today. Yeah, like, like it's mind, and he stays positive. He's, he has no uh, apparent ego, like a, a, a yeah. forward-facing ego. You know, like he, over and ambiguous ego. Yeah, yeah. People just talk talk about who he is and what he's done. You're like, holy shit, really? You know, and then you yeah. want to hang out with the guy, and he's just friendly, and he'll just hang out with you. And then I've met guys that are just uh, salty old roadies. I mean, at some point, guys get mean. They get yeah. very short-tempered. Um, I work with a lot, and a lot of them are short tempered for a reason because they need a giant job to do and they've got a lot of responsibility and they, they don't have time for bullshit. Yeah. So for me, it would to be, it would be uh, finding the in-between, you mm -hmm. know, 
just uh, space. Yeah, because in, in, if you're security, you're not the audio guy, you're not the video guy. You can't just be a big clown out there and the guy everyone loves. At some point, you're going to rub people the wrong way with your rules and with your expectations and with the responsibility. And uh, so I don't get that. I don't have that luxury of being away from everybody. I have to be in everyone's radar, on everyone's radar that's around me. They have to know what I'm talking about. I have to communicate with everyone because I'm in charge of the security planning and the emergency planning. So delivering that uh, aspect, making people feel safe and also comfortable socially, that's a hard thing to accomplish with a large group. There's a lot of personalities, right? A lot of different departments. I work in a 16 to 20 department crew, right? So all different radio channels, all got their own thing going on, their own drama, their own problems, and they got to listen to me talk on top of their job. Right. right, right, right. When is that ever going to happen? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just <laughs> stupid security. Here we go again. Yeah. Just, you know, and you don't want to be everyone's friend. I mean, you're not there to be everyone's Can't friend. Be, there to yeah. be so, just being the professional that people respect and also like to hang out with as well on, on downtime, that's a big deal, especially when you're with a crew that you're, that you're trapped with for two years around the world. You gotta have that. You gotta have that personal uh, relationship for them to actually listen to you or give a shit of what you say. So they have to know that your their best interest is in, in your mind and, and uh, finding the in between is a is yeah. a hard one and being cool. <laughs> yeah, finding the in between, man. No, that's good stuff, man. And it can't just be because you have rank or some kind of bull crap that yeah, you think no. you can position. Yeah. Uh, getting them to you know. Uh, yeah getting them to work with you because that just won't work uh where it's not long term uh what would you say habit or something for everyone to consider um and that makes you a better person or a better security you know operative um you know when i went to when i was in school uh from grade one to grade 12 yeah i, I didn't miss any days of school from one to wow. 12 so uh i didn't always have the best grades but i was there <laughs> and uh that's the way i was raised yeah. i didn't have a choice with my folks my folks both work and they said you're gonna get up and you're gonna go to school early and you're gonna come back and you're gonna do this and yeah. i just respected my parents they were just hardcore and i just yeah. you know, i didn't have that talk back factor right yeah no, so, i couldn't actually yeah one to 12 i never missed a day yeah and then, guess what i got a scholarship in college and, and i went to school and guess what no one had to tell me to get up and go yeah. I, I had the discipline instilled in me from a young age. And if you don't have that background and you should have that, you should put that I'll in your is get up and do it, do the thing, right? Yeah. Do the thing that that's going to make you successful. So get up and do it. You're going to have off days. Every day is not going to be a PR day. You're not, I go running every day now. Not every day wow. is the best time. Right. So, yeah. um, but guess what? I get up and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And then I do the other thing. I eat good. Right. And then you do the other thing. You're setting yourself up for, for success. Right. So, yeah. Get up and do the thing that makes you better, and it's going to snowball. You know, when you work out hard, you eat better. That's just the cycle that happens. And yeah. you know, well, I eat good. Well, I work out. You know, it's, it's the thing that it's a yin-yang of the whole situation, right? So uh, get up and do the thing that makes you better every day. You have the discipline to do that. And, uh, you know, consistency. That's a big yeah. deal in my world is being consistent. You show up, and you're the same personality every day. I can't have bad days where I'm upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no such thing. Don't talk to me. You'll, yes, what I paid. You're having a tough day today. It's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't get those. You, you can, people can sense that you're struggling sometimes, or you're kind of like, maybe you got some shit on your mind, or something's yeah. happening back home, but you got to bury that shit, and you got to push through, and people will recognize that you buried it, and then other people around you will tell, fill your client in, like, hey, Byron's having a hard time with this and that, or like, you know, yeah. 
And then kind of like, okay, but he's still here. He didn't complain directly. He didn't come over here and, and ruin his job. Or he didn't tap out and no, he didn't tap a, out. You know, red card or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so consistency and showing up and doing the thing every day. That's a big deal. Just being there, you know, um, with the right attitude and just show up. Sweet, man. Awesome. That's great. Uh, where can people find you, man? What are you up to these days? Any websites, any plugs, any projects? Yeah, uh, I've got, uh, it's funny because I've had to find some other things to do in the downtime, right? So yeah. I'm still exploring. I put my tentacles out there, but um, people that don't know on, on Instagram, I go by Fieldworks or FLDWRX. And a lot of people can't understand what that, that little, really? the words mean. Yeah, it's confusing to me, but it's Fieldworks and it's FLDWRX. And uh, <laughs> there's pictures of knives that comes from, you know, when I started the social media account, I didn't really want to put my face on there. Yeah, and I wasn't used to social media. And I was kind of like shied away from putting my own uh, stuff. So, but now there's more stuff that's that's uh, that's focused on training. My story is a zoo. A lot of shit posting in there. It's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. it depends on what my mentality is of the day. But um, <clears throat> so, if it works online, I'm selling t-shirts at casuallyviolent.com. Uh, okay, so check those out. I've got a few patch drops coming. Uh, collabs coming out in the, in the next couple of weeks, and a couple more items I'm gonna be selling. Uh, okay. And in okay. the not too distant future, I'm going to start breaking out some uh, uh, celebrity protection stuff, um, you know, kind of an online resource uh, for people really? that are looking to get into celebrity protection. So um, I've got a lot of documents that I've collected over the year and refined and perfected that can help advance uh, certain celebrity, you know, uh, uh, situations and uh, things that you can get into and kind of give people that maybe are breaking in from corporate security or military type stuff, dignitary protection into the celebrity world. Yeah. Uh, things that could help those people along the in, in their journey with uh, celebrities the things that I've learned in 20 years, you know, that you might be yeah. able to shorten the chain, so to speak, and kind of, uh, you know, round the edge for the learning curve. So, um, so that'll be coming up soon. I've got it all. I just got to figure out a format and how to deliver it, you know, to security yeah. guys and that, you know, isn't saying too much, but also has given guys the tools. You know, it's, it's been a big, it's been a big no-no in my world, just because uh, there's so few guys that do celebrity tour stuff. You know, they're on tour celebs, right? That for a living, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's a weird bunch of guys, man. They're all, they're all different. You know, yeah. like, it's, uh, it's a trip, different walks of life, but they make it work, and and we all become close. You know, and uh, sharing those secrets has kind of been taboo over the years, but we're all kind of dead in the water at the moment. So um, I don't think that sharing my secrets or the things that I've come across are going to make you into me. I don't think that. Uh, yeah, no, that's the thing about that, man. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's going to put anyone out of work or anything like that. It's just, you know, there's plenty of work for everyone to go around. So uh, that's what people kind of with their ego kind of uh, forget to think about is there's a lot of work, you know, and you can't do everything. You find a gig and you, you know, maybe you put a team together. You have several gigs running at once, but you can't take them all. Yeah. It's not gonna so like you know. there's there's just more than enough man there's more yeah. than enough abundance especially with all the things going on that is you know scaring people right now yeah and, and on top of that there's a lot of guys that i mean uh not to toot my own horn but i feel like i do the job that i do in a particular way where people like it right so yeah. and and my resume speaks to that right so the, yeah the big dog <laughs> Iron i i deal with people in a certain way and i feel like there's so many people in the field that don't match that element and they don't deal with the customer service side of things and they don't they don't communicate properly that i feel like i can help them out you yeah. know i guess uh to kind of make them better at their jobs and make us all look better you know social dynamics man yeah 
Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll that's see. That's a whole bunch of stuff. So the way people, the way people stay grounded with what you're doing, probably best to follow you on IG. Yeah, come check it out, man. There's a lot of different okay, things cool, going cool, on cool. there. <laughs> and then you said you have a few websites in the websites. Send me the links afterwards. I'll make sure they're in the write-up so everyone can go down there and click. Check okay. it out, man. That's awesome, brother. Well, shoot, man, it's been an honor to be able to spend this time with you, man. This is a great episode. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Ballistic Theory. You're going to start seeing a lot of stuff with me in Ballistic Theory because they got good ammo for good prices. Use Byron for my discount with those guys as well. Last but not least, Executive Protection Institute. Hey, go check them out and get your executive protection education on. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out. Boom.